Uh, welcome to the Swedish Junior uh, Hockey Podcast. My name is Jacob Dahlin. I'll be hosting today. I've got a whining dog in the background here, but <laughs> if you hear it. Um, today's guest, Alex Houston, uh, young guy, goalie from uh, Canisius College in, uh, believe it's Buffalo, New York. Welcome oh, to yeah, the podcast. Buffalo. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scanlux.com. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so uh, um, hopefully this dog isn't going to o- overpower us here, but um, let's start a little bit. I I, I found you, uh, because you have a new position um, as Director of Scouting with Pueblo Bulls in the NCDC, and I want to and I want to start there, but that's how I found you. And then I looked you up and and uh, pretty impressive uh, resume for a young guy. But uh, let's let's start with you. Give us a little background about you as a player and where you are now since you are a college student at uh, uh, Canisius. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so just a little bit of background on me. I'm I'm from Canton, Ohio. Um, obviously not, uh, not much of a hockey hotbed by any means, but, uh, I ended up playing a little triple a growing up, uh, in the Cleveland area. Uh, I moved uh, away from home when I was about 15, um, played some hockey on the East coast and then finished up my triple a, uh, career and high school career, uh, playing a little prep hockey at Gilmore Academy back in Cleveland. Um, from there, I was supposed to head up to Canada, uh, but that was during the COVID year. Um, so that was not doable. So I was kind of sitting around and, and waiting for the border bet- to potentially open. Um, and then I found myself down in Pueblo for the last couple months of the season. And that's how I began my connections with the Bulls. Um, from there, I would uh, I'd head up to Cornwall uh, to play for the Cornwall Colts in the Central Canadian Hockey League. Um, I'd play uh, 20, 20, 23 games up there for the first half of the season. Um and then uh, it would just so happen that Canisius was ready to to have me for the second semester. So I'd end up going in there in, in January and I've been there ever since. That's uh, that was a quick one. And so why uh, why CCHL? What draw what drew you there? Because, you know, you, you being in Cleveland, you could or, you know, or let's say um, from Gilmore. Lots of options there, right? Did let, sure. let me ask you did did you did you go all all both years of U eighteen or did you skip your last year in U eighteen? Just one. My second year, I was intending on playing junior, and then COVID kind of threw everything for a oh, loop, yeah. and that's why I ended up in Pueblo. So, oh, cool. Um, but but why CCHL? Um, actually, the uh, the Cornwall Colts um, actually had been a, a pretty popular location for Gilmore goalies. Um, losing his name off the top of my head right now, but there was one there prior to me um, who, uh, who played division one as well. Uh, there's a couple, you know, the, the, the Colts for whatever reason, uh, I think for the past four or five goalies that have played in Cornwall have found their way to play division one. So it seemed like the right option for me. And obviously there was the Gilmore Academy connection there. So uh, yeah. I, I thought that that was the right move for me at the time. Yeah. 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 And then right into NCAA, uh, how was that? Uh, you know, I, I don't think. I mean, especially as a as a young goalie. I mean, it normally because you are at that time you were first year. Uh, you you still had plenty of years where you could have played juniors, 
Yeah, yeah. Or two, two, uh, I you think, could have played two more years of juniors, right? Yeah, two more years. Yeah, two more years. Um, I think for me, right, it never was one to to shy away from from opportunities. And uh, obviously, you can see based on, on on all the different tasks that I try and take on, I, I was I was ready for that. Um, I was ready to get to school, ready to get going. Um, obviously, an opportunity like that one, I, I couldn't pass up, right? Um, and, and to your point, you know, I, I was young. I still am young. Um, and it's 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 it was different, right? Um, but it, I think for me, the, the trajectory, as soon as I got there, I definitely, I'm not going to say I was prepared because I don't think anybody's really prepared their first year of college. Yep. Um, but I, I made, I took a lot of steps this summer and I've found myself in a lot better position this season um, and feel a lot more comfortable at the level. So uh, did they come, so did they recruit you in Gilmore already or, or were you, was that from the CCHL times that, that you. That, that was from my time in the CCHL. Um, I had a, a few teammates, uh, the guy who who recruited me to Canisius, his name is Max Mobley. Um, during the time that I was at Gilmore, um, in the year prior, he was actually working for Holy Cross. Yep. Um, and then he came to Canisius the year that I came, and he actually was the one who recruited me and brought me in. Okay, awesome, man! You really, uh, yeah, you really made made uh, good work in a short period of time. And then I looked up. That's I see that. I mean, pretty good spot where you're at in terms of there's two goalies ahead of you, but they're, it looks like, or maybe they have an extra year because of COVID. They do. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that either are planning on returning as of right now. Uh, I think uh, Jacob Barczewski is, is unbelievable and he has been, um, he's been great for me to be able to watch and, and you know, obviously learn from. Uh, same with John Hawthorne as well. He both come with a wealth of experiences and, and different uh, difference, differences in, in play style that I, I, I like to learn things from both of them. Um, John it potentially might be returning, but uh, uh, regardless, both of them have been amazing to learn from. They're, they've been great mentors to me ever since I showed up, so can't awesome. speak high enough about them. And then uh, a little bit about you from a school perspective. So accounting and finance, not basket weaving and uh, uh, undergraduate studies. No, no, not by any means. I think uh, for me, uh, I come from a, a bit of a, a finance background. My dad is a, is a financial wealth manager. That's something he's always encouraged. Um, but obviously you can you can kind of tell from what I'm trying to do with uh, yeah. A summer program in Pueblo, my intention isn't necessarily to pursue a career in finance or accounting. It's more so just uh, more so a backup plan for me, I'd say. Yeah, no, for sure. So the other, so there's three three sides that I wanted to talk about. One was you as a player, of course, and I think that that puts things in good perspective to kind of the next two that I want to really hone in on. And yeah. that is that you started off pretty early running a summer hockey program uh, with the, with the Midwest Knights uh, pretty cool. And, and why not get in there and get your hands dirty right away? I'm sure that you have some experience from that as a player as well, but then I want to end up in your current position, which is new with Pueblo Bulls and kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, the NCDC in general as well. Sure. Um, as as a league and especially for the for the european players and when you look at the roster we're going to talk about that because you've got several swedish players in there too but you know we we've talked a lot about um the different kind of junior leagues and all right what about usphl what about ncdc and since 
Pueblo is moving from USPHL Premier into NCDC. So, but before we get there, um, uh, so Midwest Knights, uh, tell us about that. Yeah, um, thank thanks for asking. I think that's uh, that's kind of my my baby a little bit, right? Uh, that's that's uh, that's my pride and joy. I, I pour a ton of time into that. I think uh, when you talk about my time in Pueblo three years ago, that's uh, that's right when I started started uh started that uh the midwest knights um initially it's uh it was a thing for me where uh i had ordered jerseys for a men's league team um and i actually they they sent me too many um so i talked to one of my buddies and i said yeah let's let's do this i, I think i think i want to start a summer team let's try um and, and that first year was phenomenal uh, i can't speak highly enough of the players that signed up uh, when you talk about those players you've got uh, i ended up having players from can't even tell you how many different states, um, even like Alaska. Even I had a kid from Alaska my first year. It was, it was just uh, the infancy of my interests in recruiting and coaching, um, and it was it was a blast. Um, and I think the past two years, uh, the program's really upskilled quite a bit. Um, what we do now is I try and make it a full year experience. Right, we we play in the summer, um, but ideally, I like to have most of my team recruited by the fall. Um, I'd say for the past maybe four or five months, what we do is, is I have two or three monthly Zoom meetings where I have NCAA junior and prep school coaches come on uh, with the kids and do Zoom meetings. Uh, and we talk a little bit about obviously their programs as a whole, uh, but then we talk about uh, the recruitment path, different things the kids need to know, and then they get an opportunity to do, opportunity to do a Q&A with those coaches. Um, so that's been really valuable. Um, and now that we're at the, in the spring months and we're getting closer to some of our first tournaments, um, one of one of my new coaches, his name is Jake Newton. Uh, he was drafted uh, by the Anaheim Ducks and played uh, played countless years in, in Europe. Uh, played a little bit in the AHL. Uh, what he does now is he does some some sports psychology and mental health stuff. So what he's going to do is come on and do zooms with the boys and workshop with them because uh, because we you know we want to have that piece as as an aspect of the program as well. Um, and then obviously from there it transitions into the the tournaments and. Um, We've been extremely successful the past four years, um, whether that's obviously winning tournaments, winning games, but also in, in you know, helping these kids develop as young men and find their next path uh, when it comes to the next level playing junior hockey. Um, there's actually five current players on the Pueblo Bulls premier team uh, that have come from the Midwest Knights. Um, and that was the the kind of uh, how that relationship started. Um, they, yeah. they noticed me and what I was doing and, and starting and, um, they kind of were, were there every step of the way with me. And I, I, you know, ha have, have sent them various players who, who have absolutely loved it there just as much as I did. So that's kind of how that started. Awesome. Awesome. And where's that, where, where's that program running out of? That's a difficult question. I mean, I, again, I'm from Ohio, right. But, uh, looking at my roster on my whiteboard in here, I, I could tell you maybe, four or five kids that are actually from Ohio. I've got a lot of kids from PA, Minnesota, Chicago, out East. Um, it, it's a totally select program. Yeah. Um, at, at least with our, our older groups, our 18, 16s and 14s. Um, we have younger groups this year that, that are primarily local, but um, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, the, there's no home base. Uh, we do come and do like a, a get together weekend, which will be in April. Uh, we'll have practices and scrimmages. And then fr from there, the kids will just get themselves to each tournament. We'll meet there, stay in the same hotel, and then uh, go to war from there. Wow, that sounds good. So you're doing like the chowder and uh, 
those type of tournaments or what, which ones are you yeah. doing? Yes. Similar. Um, the, the chowder we're not doing, uh, with the Midwest Knights. I do run, I am going to run a chowder team this year. Uh, we don't do it with the Midwest Knights just because, uh, they have different weekends for each birth year. So yep. I, and with my current situation still playing, I can't afford to go to Boston every weekend. Um, so we, we do similar tournaments though. Yep. It's, it's like that. Yep. Good, good, good. All right. Well, and perfect segue then into kind of how you ended up. I think that that's a, uh, I was curious about that too, in, in terms of how you ended up um, uh, being, being there, but I, I can see how that, all right, you already, you already recruited a bunch of these guys from your program to get into the place where you played and had the connection there. And I'm sure that there was a, there was a conversation that said, Hey, why don't, why don't you start doing this as a position? Um, so, uh, so awesome. And then, it looks like so. Well, so let's talk about Pueblo Bulls and uh, and let me pull them up. So now I went from one from your player profile to your Midwest Knights website. So now let's go to the third one, which is. Uh, so it's currently if you pull up Pueblo Bulls and. I'm sure most people do, at least it was for me when I thought about Pueblo Bulls, I did not think of it being in Colorado. A lot of people don't. They always think it's somewhere else. One of the, some other state. I hear New Mexico. I hear Texas. Yep. Uh, and then I'm like, no, Colorado actually. So that's that's common. Yeah. So where is the um, where is the uh, what cities it run out of? So it's Pueblo, Colorado. It's actually a pretty pretty big city, uh, over a hundred thousand people. But it's a very tight knit community, right? Uh, everybody knows each other, despite how big the city is. Seems a lot smaller than it is just because of that. Um, it's, it's about an hour South of Colorado Springs, um, and an hour 45, two hours from Denver. Okay. Uh, Great. So if you look it up now on, on elite prospects, of course, it's going to say USPHL premier. Yes. How long has it, how long has it been? And I think it's been, I, I looked at, uh, a little bit of when I did a little research there that, uh, they had a few junior teams, but it's been there now since 2018 or so. Yeah, yeah. We uh, originally the 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 team operated in the the Dub S, uh, the Western States Hockey League, um, which which is no longer really around. Uh, and then we we joined the USPHL and have been playing Premier there for the past several years. Um, and then obviously next season making that jump to the NCDC. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit on because we haven't really touched too much about Tier Three Juniors on this podcast. It's mainly been <laughs> focused on you know, juniors in Sweden, we had Mike Bloom on here from, from, um, from the Lone Star Brahmas, who's in the North American Hockey League. We really haven't talked too much about USHL, but I think it's a good time to to talk about the NCDC and, and USPHL. Um, and so, so let's look at your, so what's interesting, the first thing that struck me was you currently have two Swedish goalies on the, on the roster, you have one defenseman and three forwards from Sweden. So why, how, why in the world, how did they come to Puebla? It's a good connection. Um, I, I think we've, we've had uh, several Swedes over the past several years, right? I think it's, it's, it's pretty common for us to have a lot of Sweden players. Um, that connection comes, uh, comes from our, our assistant GM. Uh, he does really well in Europe. 
uh, connecting with different player agents over there. Um, and I think word of mouth at this point has made Pueblo a, a good location for Sweden, uh, for Swedish born players, um, because it just seems that year after year uh, we're getting a few. And I think uh, as of right now, uh, looking at our projected lineup for next year in the NCDC, we should have a, have a few um, a few coming over again as well. So yeah, um, they've always been amazing for us. Uh, and I think again, word of mouth and, and the relationship that we have with several different player agents in Sweden has really helped us continue to have a, a diverse player base. So uh, USPHL, which is considered tier three, uh, yeah. and then now you're making it up to considered for those in in Europe. What's tier one, tier two, tier three? So now you're making the, the jump up to, to tier two. What's the big difference that if you were to, you know, in layman's terms, kind of explain the difference between tier tier three and tier two? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think when it comes down to it, uh, tier three isn't bad by any means, um, especially the group that we have this year, the, the division that we play in. Obviously, it's different in different places, right? So if you were making the decision to, to come to the United States and play for a tier three program, you definitely want to vet through your options. Um, but our division has done extremely well, uh, both talent-wise and experience-wise, and what we've been able to provide our players. Um, so that's why we're getting that jump. Um, so when you talk about tier three, right, uh, generally you'll you'll see that it's it's players that are uh, skilled, right? They're 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 right there, right? They may, maybe they've they've had experience at the tier two level, didn't quite stick. Uh, they're out of of AAA hockey, didn't quite get uh, the attention that they wanted. So that's when you come to tier three, right? And that's when you come to programs like Pueblo, uh, like the other teams in our division and in our league, um, to have maybe a year of development. Or, or maybe it's it's your, your age out year and you're tra- trying to to show out and maybe potentially make an NCAA Division three team. Um, I would say that that the main difference, right? Um, there's plenty of skill skilled players in, in tier three hockey and in the USPHL as a whole. I'd say the difference at the end of the day is IQ and consistency, right? Um, you see the players in our league that are um, scoring the most consistently, you know, s- smart players, leaders. Those are the kinds of kids that that get the bump, you know, the next year. Um, the main difference, I'd say, again, is financially, right? Uh, tier three and almost every circumstance is pay to play. Um, so the players will pay, will play a player fee uh, to, to join the team. Um, tier two, that is not the case. Um, it is tuition free hockey. The only thing that the, the players are responsible for are their living arrangements. Um, and for us, we do billets. Um, so the players will live with, with families in Pueblo. Um, but again, I'd say from a player perspective, the difference isn't huge. Uh, obviously th- there's that step, right? You either have, you have that thing, right? Whether that's your, your, your extra IQ, that, that extra step, um, that's the difference between tier three and tier two. Uh, and then I'd say when you talk about, uh, just in general details, again, it's, it's right. It's, um, the financial piece, uh, what's provided to the players, you know, from an equipment standpoint, um, things like that, uh, right. The, the experience skill level, um, obviously financials, those are all differences that you can cite when you talk about the differences between, uh, between tiers. So when I'm looking up NCDC, um, cause I, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time. Um, I spend more of my time looking at 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 the Swedish juniors um, teams, but but there's there's not that many NCDC teams. Uh, no, no, there's not, which is a little bit surprising. Versus USPHL that has 
enormous yeah. amount of teams. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's a good point, right? I think that's uh, that's a that's that would be a reason for us expanding out west. Um, our entire division is taking that jump. So you'll talk about adding six more teams to the NCDC as a whole. Um, there's there's conversations about potentially one or two more joining as well. Um, but yeah, the NCDC is small. Uh, but the main focus of the league, right, was the USPHL wanted more players committing Division One. They wanted to offer a tuition-free league that could compete with the North American Hockey League. Um, and, and that's why the NCDC was founded. Um, and initially, right, uh, a lot of your, your more uh, foundational, higher-end USPHL premier teams, I say initially because it's branched out immensely, but initially during that time, your higher end programs were like your Jersey Hitmen, your Junior Bruins, your PAL. Um, so that's why all those programs took that initial jump. Additionally, they're all extremely close um, to a lot of those NCAA schools out east, whether that's NCAA Division Three or NCAA Division One. Um, the thing for us too, right, as you're seeing a huge expansion and and discussion of expansion of NCAA Division One programs out west um, and NCAA Division Three programs out west. When you talk about our, our league specifically, um, or, or our team specifically, you have Air Force, um, CC, Denver, all within an hour, hour and a half of our rink. We're building really good relationships with them and hope to have all of them down at our camps this summer. Additionally, you see a lot of teams like Augustana uh, coming out west. Uh, there's discussions of UNLV popping up out west, right? Uh, you know, Hopefully in the next coming years, we should have three or four more division one programs, division three programs right in our backyard too. Um, so that's, that's additionally a part of our expansion as well. So uh, when you're looking at, so your job now coming in, so in the past, they didn't really have, I, I would imagine that the GM kind of handled the, the, um, and the head coach handled the, uh, the recruitment for the, yeah. for the most. Yeah. For the most part, right. It's uh USPHL premier, it's all about trying to get the best players and, um, you know, trying to see which, what, what guys you can, you can get from the higher leagues or, or whatever it is, right. It's a little bit more detailed when you get to that tier two level. Um, you know, you, you, you have a wealth of players to choose from because that's the first option for guys, right. Is to want to go play tier two. So that's when, uh, that's where I come in. Um, for me, obviously the position was announced recently, but, uh, I took the reins, uh, this summer really, uh, early fall this summer. Um, I've been pretty much myself and our general manager have kind of served hand in hand when it comes to recruiting the team thus far. Um, and, and as as of right now, I'm, I'm starting to build out my scouting network and I've currently hired three or four different scouts um, and talking to several more and in hopes to kind of expand, uh, expand kind of where we can have boots on the ground. Yeah. So how does that change now in terms of the type of player? Because I would imagine that in order, the, the goal is to compete at the NCDC level. Uh, it's going to take a while to kind of build that, I'm sure. But but um, the type of player that you're recruiting is going to be a different kind of player than perhaps that you were in the past looking for in Premier. Yeah, correct, right, and and that's when it comes down to uh, vetting vetting even more, right? Um, watching more games, having people there in person, and that's when we talk about hiring more scouts so we can have more. Uh, more eyes on these guys, whether it's virtually or in person. Um, the process is a lot longer. 
um, and looking at a player and recruiting a player. It's a lot of different phone calls. It's a lot of Zoom calls. Um, it's about getting know, getting to know the player as a person more, right? Uh, it's just diving in deeper. Um, and, and as you go up level after level, the criteria just gets harder and harder. So obviously that jump from tier three, uh, more criteria for us, more ways that we analyze a player on and off the ice. Same thing would be obviously jumping up to the USHL. It just gets more and more, uh, more and more analytical. Yeah. So let's switch now to kind of talk about then. So the Swedish players that you have currently, uh, of course, four of them in this current year are O2. So they're going to age out. Uh, but they came over. I think it's, it's, it's such a common thing for the, the Swedish guy that, that just finished J20. Uh, and I looked at some of these guys that are most of these are coming from J20 region which is the second tier, you have the J20 National and then you have the J20 region, uh, north, south, east, west, um, and and have good have had good numbers uh, at, at those levels. Uh, I think there was one or two that may have had uh, J20 Division One, <clears throat> which is the third level in Sweden. Um, and then you got one, two, three of the guys, I think, are O3s or maybe – Maybe, maybe no, just the two goalies are O threes. So they have another year of, of juniors. What do you see when you're looking at the different levels? Of course, if you got a guy that's playing J20 national in Sweden, you're probably going to be looking at, man, I, I, what happens is they're looking at, I'm playing national. Am I going to get an SHL or an Allsvenskan contract? Sure. Some of them, but it's so tough. And then some of them, are going to be sitting there and say, I'm going to be loaned out to a division one program in, in Sweden, which is the third level, or, uh, you know, some of them are choosing the route to go and play USHL, which some of them are, could be playing in SHL, but they choose to go the USHL because they want to go that route to go pro. But those are the top elite guys. And then you have the second tier guys that are playing J20 national that, uh, you know, right now they're locked out of the, out of the, they're not in the import draft in the Canadian juniors. So they're looking at USHL North American hockey league, but NCDC, maybe it's a little bit, you know, foreign to them. Sure. So, so how do you, so when you're looking at the Swedish players, how do you how do you see them in terms of the qualities that they bring and what they how did they transition over? What's been your experience so far? I think for us, right, um, when you talk about you know the different leagues that that the players are looking at, um, you talk about the USHL and the North American Hockey League. Uh, they have a certain amount of import spots. Yeah, right. Uh, we do not. We do not have an import restriction. Uh, which has helped us, again, have that diverse roster that I mentioned before. And that's why we've had a lot of Swedish players been able to come over and, and play with us so far. Um, I think for me, the skills that translate uh, are obviously the playmaking abilities and skating capabilities. Uh, for me, uh, especially our division specifically, this isn't true uh, out east in the east division. Uh, out west, we play on a lot of Olympic sheets. Um, so that's where you see skills like that start to translate. Uh, and that's where you like to see a lot of European players find success. It's just about their the, the differences in their skating ability, the creativity that, you know, they, they play a different style over in Europe. Uh, and that style transitions really well when you come over um, 
and have a little extra room to roam and a little extra room to skate, a little extra time to make a pass. Um, especially in our program, uh, we like to play a fast and heavy game. Uh, we obviously have some great systems and those change various, you know, depending on opponents and, and size of arenas, because not all of the sheets in our division are Olympic. Um, but we encourage creativity. We encourage players to play the way that, you know, they play. We're recruiting the player for the player, not for the player to fit into our system. Right. So that's where you see a lot of European players come over and find their skills translate really well, especially in our division. So let's say you have now a um, so the next year guy, the 03, of course. Uh, so are you are, are you still recruiting for next year uh, yes. for, for for those spots? So let's say you have an 03 player. You know, the tough thing is if you're if you're an if you're an 04 player, you got another year of of gymnasium. So it's really tough for the Swedish player to leave. Sure. But once you finish gymnasium, which is kind of the equivalent of high school over here, you have some of them choose to play another year um, uh, of 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 J20 over there. But let's say you are are uh, an O3. You're just you you just finished out um, Swedish juniors. You 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 now have to move up to 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 the men's divisions. And you want to come over here. Uh, how, number one, how does it work with a visa standpoint? Because some of them are not going to necessarily want to go over right away and 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 take classes because they just finished high school, but they're not ready yet to go to college. Um, how so? They're not going to come over on a student visa. What? How do you arrange that? Sure. Um, we do we do a really good job with obviously our, our import players. Obviously, again, you, you talk about classes, right? We we do encourage that players are evil, either involved uh, in classes or or working, or maybe that's even obviously the community engagement. We're we're extremely involved in the community. Um, but for us, when you talk about the visa process, we have various places that the players can work, whether that's a team store, the equipment shop, um, things like that. Um, additionally, obviously, you mentioned the school. Uh, we do some work with CSU Pueblo, which is the local college. Uh, we also, again, for your younger players, we do work with uh, the high schools in Pueblo as well. Um, so you talk about visas. Um, we can arrange, uh, you know, obviously a tourist or visitor visa, um, and we can get that extended to the to a certain extent. Um, and then you have work visa. Uh, we've had those arranged for certain players as well. And then some of them are also students and taking classes or English courses uh, at places like CSU Pueblo or the high schools. But a little bit of an advantage in NCDC is because it's not a USA Hockey sanctioned program. So the the registrar issues that sometimes you run into within with um, with USA Hockey mm, is a little bit. I wouldn't say easier, but less restrictive. Yeah. Exactly. It's less restrictive in, in all standpoints, right? Um, the league as a whole, um, we have a lot more power and a lot more freedom to 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 choose the players that we want. Players have a lot more freedom to, freedom to come play in our league. Um, again, to your point, it's different trying to get transferred over to USA Hockey um, from Sweden. Uh, sometimes that's a hassle. Um, but for us, obviously, you don't have to do that. You register through our league. Um, the league is obviously independent. And then especially for us in the managerial side of things, we don't have those transfer restrictions. Um, and that's why we love recruiting players from over in Europe and Sweden. Yeah. And then are they, what's the typical billet situation? Are they typically paired up a couple of guys in the same place or are they singles? 
Yeah, we we love having um, our players billet with at least one over, other teammate. I think that's that's a standard for us. Um, our billets in general are amazing. Obviously, I come from a biased point of view, being an employee of the program, but uh, playing there, uh, I, I find that that's it's something that I can speak on directly when recruiting players because I have experience playing in Pueblo. I know what it's like to be a bull. Uh, I also know what it's like to to play in Cornwall. I know what it's like to play at the Division One level. There's differences, right? I think. Um, for me, uh, we, we just went out and played air force, which is in Colorado. Uh, the entire, the entire bulls team came up to watch us play, uh, my billet, uh, other billets that I'd hang out at all came up, took pictures, gave me hugs after the game. I stay in communication with all of those people. I hear from my billet, uh, once, a tw- once or twice a week, if not once or twice a month. Uh, and I I'm three years removed from the program. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so again, for guys that haven't billeted before or are used to a dorm format, uh, you come to Pueblo and you're going to be in a, you're going to be in a home, right. You're not going to be just at a billet. You're going to be in a home where you're, you're taken care of. And, uh, they're extremely supportive of our players and we can't thank them enough for, for what they do for us. Yeah. And I think that that's sometimes a little bit difference when it comes to, you know, uh, you know, speaking from experience, my son is playing in, in Sweden this past year. And one of the big things was was trying to find an apartment. Um, and um, it's a it, you know, it, it, it was a big deal, uh, you know, because you have to do that all on your own. And I can certainly I mean, we ran through circles with, you know, getting a bed over there and and getting an apartment and and it was really really tricky and I can certainly see the um, the advantage um, uh, to um, the, the ease of because it, you know a player is a somewhat transient right right they may not be there for a full period of time and they may be here for half a season they may be here for a full season. Right. That's you got to navigate like some programs do do apartments. Some do have a, a dorm set up, right, where you're actually paying the team to live there. Um, we're, we're just simply not about that. Right. I think yeah. to your point, it's it's important, especially like younger players or, or players that, you know, are, are from far away and don't want don't want to have to deal with navigating a lease process, getting furniture or living in a dorm and having to kind of fend for themselves. Um it, it's about having a real home family environment with people that are extremely supportive. Um, you know, when you talk about the people that are building, uh, there are team doctors, our, you know, our team chiropractor, um, there are police officers, firefighters. We have a state senator who serves, serves as a billet. Um, they're all pretty prominent members of the community and extremely dedicated to what we do. Um, and they're extremely supportive of the kids too, right? You're not just living in a room in their house so they can collect a paycheck. Uh, you're taken in as a part of a family. Um, yeah. and that's what the, that's what the difference is. Right. So, yeah. So let's wrap this up a little bit too. Cause so two different kind of, uh, um, people that may want to say, Hey, I want to, I want to check out, of course you can go to Pueblo Bulls and you can also go to your Midwest, uh, Knights website, of course, and you can find you on LinkedIn, but, Let's say if I'm a player and I and I'm interested in coming, saying, hey, what's this NCDC all about? You know, what's the best way for them to uh, get in touch with Pueblo Bulls um, now when everybody's going to hear this podcast? I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, 
obviously I, I handle majority of, of the recruitment as of right now. So the, the best way to get in touch, um, my email um, is a Houston at Pueblo Bulls hockey.com. My phone number is 330-880-3704. And otherwise, all of that information can be found on our website. Uh, additionally, there's a prospect form that players can also fill out on our website that's feeded directly into our database. Um, and most likely, when we're interested, uh, contact information is there for us and we can reach out uh, directly through that. Um, so whether it's communicating with me directly, whether it's, again, to your point, finding me on LinkedIn, uh, or it's filling out uh, one of those prospect forms. Um, if you're interested in the Bulls, uh, contact information is all available on the website, uh, and the prospect form has its own tab as well. So whichever way is most convenient for, for a player that's interested, and, and I'd be happy to send over and text back and forth, email back and forth, any questions that they have. Yeah. Uh, obviously for us, it's great to be able to have them on Zooms to get to know them a little bit. Yeah. And then I guess the other one is, as you're building the the network, I would, I would imagine that LinkedIn is going to be the best way to kind of um, get in touch there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, right. I, we're building our, I'm building my network of scouts. Uh, you know, I, I've got a pretty good grip on North America and some, some nice people. I actually have a job posting on there. Yeah. Uh, we're currently taking applications for, for scouting positions. So obviously we, we have some good applicants from North America, but uh, when you talk about Europe, you talk about Sweden, those are areas that I want to have a hold on as well. So if anybody is interested in in doing some work with with us and working with me, I'd be more than happy to get in touch with you and tell us a little bit more about what we do. Awesome. And we want to help as much as we can as well. Hey, Alex, uh, impressive. Uh, we were able to kind of talk about three different areas here in a short, condensed period of time. Uh, uh, it's exciting to see. And we'll we'll follow your path will follow Pueblo Bulls uh, path as well. And, uh, and, and good luck. Wait, wait, let me close out, but where are you guys at now in terms of a season over with Canisius or, or, or. No, we're, we're, we got the semifinals this weekend against Niagara. So uh, nice little, little battle of the bridge. So, well, uh, you know, as a goalie, you got to be ready. Uh, oh, you yeah, may, always. you may, you may not be uh, uh, getting a call, uh, early on but you got to be ready and may may get called up anytime there so oh trust me i'm i'm ready I, I actually funny story before we we close this off i actually uh, we had a situation where we, our team uh we all got sick a lot of covid going around uh i actually played and dressed a game as a, as a forward this year <laughs> believe it or not uh my experience as a forward actually I have my helmet back there. I wore number 88, a little Patrick, Patrick Kane action. Oh, um, nice. I, I, I dressed a game as forward against uh, the university of Maine and I actually got a shift at the end of the game. So <laughs> nice. Always, nice. Always ready. Always hey, it's ready. all, it's all about, uh, you know, giving relief to the big boys on the first oh, line, yeah. right? You did. Yeah, your exactly. I was ready. Yeah. A little penalty kill too. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and we'll, we'll stay in touch uh, for sure. And uh, look up Alex, Alex Houston, Pueblo Bulls. And uh, if you're a, a youth player here, uh, U16, U15, U17 uh, in the U S or Canada, uh, Midwest Knights, uh, you can find them, just Google it as well. Or elite prospects is a, is a good place to find you. So appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was great talking. Thanks.